The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. And on the line now from the Geelong Jail, we have their General Manager of the Geelong Jail Museum, Deb Robinson. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good to have you on the program once again. Just first of all, all this Christmas talk that we've been having has got me thinking about um, how was Christmas commemorated at the jail, if at all? Do you know? They did actually used to have um, have a special meal. Um, there's reports uh, from like the 1920s and 1930s where they would definitely have a Christmas dinner. So they would still get more than they would would normally have had, uh, and pretty much like the traditional traditional type of meal. So they would have you know they'd have plum pudding for dessert, they'd have a roast for, for dinner. Uh, so it's definitely something they did. Uh, they also did things like they would have Christmas concerts and stuff like that. So the, the jail actually had its own choir. Uh, that used to used to perform as well, not outside of the jail, of course, but <laughs> mm, yes. they did actually used to perform. So they would do things like that. So they definitely celebrated Christmas. Any tinsel around the cell bars or anything like that? Nothing that I've seen of that. Um, I haven't seen any reports of that actually, but um, I'm sure in later years they probably did have have something, but uh, nothing definitively that I know about. So yeah, but I'm sure they would have celebrated in their own way. Now, how are you going at the Geelong Jail just with the COVID restrictions easing? Are you open? Are you running at normal operations now? Yes, finally back to normal operations after about 18 months. So I think we've been closed, I think, something like... 18 weeks over the past 18 months so it, it's nice to actually have a bit of a little bit of normality back um, you know things are a little quiet at the moment but we expect things to pick up after after Boxing Day as they always do so um, we only close on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day uh, and I think we close New Year's Eve as well uh, but the rest of the time we'll be open uh, from 12 to 5 every day from uh, Boxing Day so from December 26 and we've got a couple of new things coming up in that time period as well so we have a brand new display that's opening hopefully on the 26th called Stitched Up, which is undressing our convict past. So we have uh, a number of uh, uh, 10 uniforms uh, that we have on display that go from 1788 right through until present day. So there was 10 major changes uh, on the uniforms during that period uh, and that's what we'll be highlighting. And to, to further illustrate it, we've actually got a convict from each one of those periods uh, to, to further illustrate. So we'll be telling their stories as well, and we've got right up until present day, including um, including one of the ones with a COVID mask. Oh, so, really? Which yeah, which was being fantastic to have that donated for us. So, can you uh, just um, sum up what was it like, sort of the convict uniform back in the very early days? How does it compare to the present day one? If you uh, exclude the COVID mask pre-COVID, um, how does it compare <laughs> to the very early uniforms? So the very early uniforms would have been incredibly um, hard to wear. They would have been very, very cheap uh, type of fabric. So the texture would have been very extremely rough on them. Uh, in the earliest days too, they would have had silence masks on them as well. Uh, so of course, under the pension bill system, which is what ran the Geelong Jail in the earliest days, uh, it was a system of silence, not so much of reformation as we have nowadays. So prisoners any time around their cells would have to wear a white calico silence mask. Uh, the basically they could only just see out of, they weren't allowed to speak. 
Uh, so you'd have all of these types of things. We also had, um, in the early days, we had like a, a, they called it a magpie uniform because of the colour of it. Uh, and it was a black and white uniform. And it was kind of where the term jailbird comes from because English magpies used to steal things. So that's ah. how we got the term jailbird. So it refers to their uniform. So there's lots of really interesting facts like that. So we've got 10 uh, full-size uh, mannequins all with the different uh, different uniforms on them and that'll be open it's on December 26th. The, uh, the first one has a mask and the last one has a mask. It's amazing how life comes full <laughs> circle, comes full isn't circle. it? full <laughs> circle. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and you, so, you, but, yeah. you mentioned there was a second... Uh, extra display you had? Sorry? The, Did you say the there second. was two things? There was stitched and then there was something else or uh, not? They're stitched up. Um, we've got a few new ones. Of course, we've still got Nick Kelly up. So if people haven't seen that from last year, uh, we have uh, full... Uh, the four full-size replica Nick Kelly armors. And we're telling the story of the Kelly story through the eyes of Geelong people. So we've got about 25 people from Geelong that were associated uh, with the story, including Alexander Fitzpatrick, who, of course, is is known as the main instigator of the of the Kelly the Kelly Wars or whatever you want to call them. Um, he was actually born in Geelong uh, and his family was uh, was around Geelong before they moved out to Meredith Way. Uh, and the interesting thing that I find really, really interesting is that both... Uh, Alexander Fitzpatrick and Nick Kelly. Both of their fathers were actually convicts. So I find that incredibly interesting. And, um, you know, Alexander Fitzpatrick himself actually ended up in prison after the, the Kelly story sort of completed in about the 1890s. He was jailed for obtaining money under false pretenses from a, um, a, a hotel up in Melbourne. So, yes, so the little naughty, but anyway. Mm. But we've got that. And of course, we've also got uh, some of the other displays we worked on. I suppose with COVID, being closed with COVID, it's actually given us a lot of time to work on displays. So other things that we've opened this year have been uh, our six executions. So the, the display on all of the executions that are associated with the jail. Uh, and including that, we've actually got a replica of the, the rope that was used to hang um, Ronald Ryan, the last man hanged in Australia. Uh, so there's a replica rope that was actually uh, modelled exactly off the rope that was used to execute him. Uh, so we have all the stories of our six, six ones that were executed, including two of the death masks of the last two men who were executed. Uh, what else have we done this year? We have done our um, Edwin Eastwood display. So if anyone remembers the Faraday kidnapping in 1972, um, a man named Edwin Eastwood uh, went into a school in, in uh, central Victoria and uh, kidnapped the, um, the, the six female students and their teacher and holding them hostage uh, and then eventually would be released. And he would be uh, sentenced to 15 years for that. And part of that sentence was served down at Geelong Jail. Now, while he was in Geelong uh, in December 1976, he managed to, uh, with another gentleman, managed to dig their way out of their cells uh, and cut some locks and get out over the wall using a garden hose. Now, Michael Pantic, who he escaped with, was recaptured pretty much straight away. But Eastwood would remain on the run for about three months. Uh, now, during that time, he kidnapped another school, uh, which was down at Warreen, down in the Gippsland area. Uh, and the teacher, Rob Hunter, had only been on the job for nine days when he was kidnapped with his students. So, uh, and he actually is now in the local area uh, and he comes in and has, has done a talk for us before on on his experiences of being the kidnapped victim of Edwin Eastwood. Uh, now, what about other displays? It is our paintings. So, we have... Um, 
One of the last six prisoners, Mark Hammersley, he has donated a quite substantial collection of paintings for us, which is just fantastic. And they're painted by himself and another prisoner, Nick, who I won't even try and pronounce his second name because I'm hopeless at pronunciations and I don't want to stuff it up. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, they, <laughs> they've donated quite a range of um, paintings, which we now have as a collection called Last Man Standing. So they were two of the last six prisoners to leave uh, Geelong Jail when it closed in 1991. Uh, so, yeah, so they're really good to look at. And then, of course, we have our hoodwinkers and hooligans display, which is all our uh, our other death masks and our um, talking about uh, phrenology, which I think we've, we've chatted about a little bit before. Uh, so for those who don't know what phrenology is, it is the science or pseudoscience of examining the lumps and bumps of your skulls uh, and the, the science that believes that that correlates with areas of your brain and how you react. So we have uh, three death masks in that collection and that includes Frederick Deeming, who's my favourite serial killer, because you've got to have a favourite. Uh, and also it's got Mad Dog Morgan, one of the a bush ranger who was killed in 19, uh, sorry, 1865 and also Captain Moonlight who was executed in 1880 who was the first openly gay bush ranger. So, yeah. So we've got lots and lots to see and that of course is in, you know, on top of going and having a look at some of the cells and how small they actually are to see, you know, people were, we're still living in these cells up until 1991. Um, yeah, that and is incredible. Buckets for toilet and, you know, no running water in the cells. Um, and then heading out to Barwater, which of course must have been like going to a five-star resort after those conditions. Um, but, you know, we've had, we've had a great year despite being closed for COVID. You know, we've had, we've had our 30th anniversary celebrations uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, where we had about 20 of the, the ex-warders that used to work at Geelong Jail catching up, uh, including we had the GM from Barwon come out as well and we had the Assistant Commissioner of Corrections also attended and the canine squad. So it was actually a really great day. So to see all of these and the stories, oh, my goodness, the stories that came out, <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, so it was really good. So we've got lots to go along with with that. Some, a lot of stories that we didn't know about previously. Um, some of the antics they used to get up to, so <laughs> including the prisoners as well. So, yeah, so it's been a great day. So hopefully next year we can have a bit more of a, a normal year and uh, sort of not have to close so we can get back to all our regular things like our adult Easter egg hunts and our, our zombie runs. And um, we've got lots of talks that we've had scheduled over the last few years that we've had to keep, keep rejigging. So hopefully next year we can start to get some of those underway. For the uh, school holidays, if you are looking for something to take the kids to do, to see a bit of history, do you just turn up at the front gate or do you have to book or how does it work if you want to go and tour some of those exhibitions that you've mentioned there? Yeah, so we will be open from 12 to 5 uh, every day from Boxing Day until the end of January. Uh, from Boxing Day for, the, for at least the first three weeks, we will have an escapes tour at about 2 o'clock each day. Uh, and that's one of our guys that will take you around and tell you about some of the funky escapes that have happened from within the jail. Uh, that is in addition to their entry fee, but no, they can just rock up. The only ones they need to book for is our night tours. Uh, so if they want to come on a ghost tour or a paranormal investigation, uh, those ones need to be booked. But if they give our, our ladies a ring on one three hundred eight six five eight hundred, they will be able to help you out. And the paranormal tours, they'll be going right through summer, will they? 
Yeah, so they generally only run on the weekends. Uh, but if you have a group that wants to do a, a different day, give us a call and we'll see what we can arrange. So you've got sort of two angles there if you're looking for things uh, for the family to do during the, the Christmas break. Yep. You've got the history angle, but then the, the paranormal angle. And who knows, you may even want to do exactly, both. Exactly, and a lot of fun at night. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so wonderful. It's something for everybody. So, yeah, we'd love to see everybody over summer and, um, yeah. Hopefully we'll have a good year. Excellent. Look, thanks so much for being on the program. It's been really good to talk to you throughout this year as well, just to hear about the jail and the history. I've learned so much about our history, and I suppose there's even more to learn by actually going to the, the jail in person. But we really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to speaking to you in 2022. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Mitchell, and have a great Christmas. Thank you. Deb Robinson there, the General Manager of the Geelong Jail Museum. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.